do this. MegaWare KeelGuard, presenting supporter of Bass Edge Radio. KeelGuard proudly with Bass Edge since 2006 and continues to provide customers with quality products that last. Be sure to visit them at KeelGuard.com and check out other fine products such as the FlexStep and SkegGuard. Kurt, I am absolutely drooling to see what happens next week at the Bassmasters Classic. Gunnersville should make it an extremely exciting event. Aaron, I couldn't agree more. And we're going to pin down our pro angler today and the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight and see how he would attack that type of impoundment. Maybe he'll predict a winning way. Well, before we get jamming in the show, I want to be sure to keep our listeners tuned in to our Bass Edge Facebook page and Twitter handle at Bass Edge. We are going to have a giveaway at the beginning of March. Man, Aaron, that sounds like something I'm going to want to win. Sorry, Kurt, not this go-around. You can just stick to winning tournaments. (laughs) Well, I'm good with that. Here we go. This is Bass Edge Radio. know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. In three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing, coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Aaron, it's great to be back in the Bass Edge Studios. You got this place looking spiffy after the move. How did that go for you? It went well. No better time to move since you can't be out on the lake. Those single double-digit wind chills that we had put uh, a nice coat of ice on there, so nothing else better to do than to move. But, you know, when you move a personal residence as well as a business, uh, it's a little challenging, and you just kind of prepare for it. But the good news is, Kurt, uh, the DVDs and everything is shipping out on time as planned, and we are moving along very nicely. But, you know, the only thing that has gotten me through that, Kurt, I will say, is that two or three times a week that in my email through the Bass Blaster, when I'm reading that, I get to look over to the right-hand side about midways down and see your photo, your mugshot, right there holding a spool of Torrey fishing line. Well, I appreciate it. That's a scary mugshot right there, but uh, you know, the Bass Blaster is such a fun deal to get a few times a week, just to make sure that all of Bass Edge Nation knows exactly what the Bass Blaster is. Jay Kumar sending out two or three emails a week about interesting topics in the fishing industry, and you can sign up and become a member of Bass Blaster. Like I said, it's just an email that you're going to get email jay kumar at the address bassblaster at bassgold.com let them know you're part of bass edge nation you want to start getting that email distribution and i'm sure it's going to make you pretty happy well it absolutely will it'll certainly bring you a laugh but it also brings me a lot of education as well and i love his writing style he always does such a great job 
And, you know, speaking of being online, social media, and some of the things that we've talked about thus far, Kurt, I've noticed just from talking with you and seeing some of your posts, seems like you've got the new boat. Were you able to make some cast out of that, or are you pretty much confined to the house? Well, I'll tell you what, after a long winter and doing a whole lot of stuff at the house, I have been casting dramatically, so I'm very excited about that. Got the new 14 running and excited to have it out on the water, actually getting ready for our first tournament here at uh, Lake Amistad. Man, I'm ready to get the year started. I want to take one quick second back and go back into January real fast to Bass Edge and, and let the people know about this new Marine Tech Minute that we've got going on in this segment. And you can find out more information such as the things that you're hearing here on Bass Edge Radio at protecttheharvest.com. And as a matter of fact, Aaron, let's move right into our next Marine Tech Minute. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Mark Negus, chemist for Lucas Oil Products, for this week's Tech Minute, presented by ProtectTheHarvest.com. Mark, you lit up our emails and social media with the feedback concerning your last two discussions. I'm a numbers kind of guy. All of the talk about placing additives in the fuel for ethanol and keeping kind of that top end lubricated in our boats and tow vehicles, so on and so forth. But what can be said about performance? Do either add up to better fuel economy or performance to help really offset the cost of the additive? If you're using ethanol fuels, you typically see a reduction in fuel economy and you actually see a little bit reduction in performance. So by using additives, you're actually improving those performance benefits. Uh, ethanol itself, especially depending on the percentage of ethanol, may have some adverse effects on your performance. So additive systems really are a key to maintaining that performance. Mark, you talk about the uh, additional performance. Where do we see that performance? Do we see it in uh, additional mileage or what are some of those performance enhancements that we have with those additives? Typically in fuel economy and performance. Actually, when you talk about performance, you're talking about just the engine running much better in the presence of the ethanol fuel that's being used. Gotcha. And what if I have a diesel truck? Do I still use the same additives? No, because actually the ethanol fuel additives are designed for gasoline and ethanol fuels. If you were going to have a diesel truck, then you still want to go ahead and use the upper cylinder lube. That's designed specifically for that application. You would get no benefit if you use the safeguard for diesel applications. Mark, that makes sense. Take time to use the proper additives and it saves us money, increases performance, and adds longevity. Sounds like a certain type of prescription medicine commercial. <laughs> You're tuned into Aaron and Kurt on Bass Edge Radio. Two fishermen came together with one agenda, to construct bass boats superior in design and build with a flawless finish, with our boats exhilarating handling and smooth ride, extreme rough water, just doesn't exist. We're not just building a boat. We're building a legend. Legend Boats. Hi, this is George Cochran. I'm Dave Wolak. Hey, Edge listeners, this is Clark Winland. Hi, I'm Chris Ball. Hi, this is Jim Tut, and you're listening to The Edge. 
In this Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight, we look forward to getting to know an up-and-coming young superstar. He made a huge splash as FLW co-angler several years back and in 2009 moved over to the front of the boat. And a big bass welcome to FLW Touring Pro, Stetson Blaylock. Stetson, great to have you on the show. Good morning, guys. Glad to be here. Well, Stetson, it is certainly a pleasure to have you on. And, uh, you know, kind of in looking at uh, mailing addresses and point of originations, looks like we were practically neighbors in the fishing industry, having spent uh, eight and a half years living on Table Rock Lake on the other side of the Ozark Mountains there in Arkansas. Did you kind of cut your teeth fishing these White River impoundments and beaver and Table Rock and Bull Shoals, or is that just by circumstance that you found yourself kind of in that territory? Well, almost everyone thinks that I came from that area, and I do. I live in Arkansas, but I actually live in central Arkansas, which is just south of Little Rock. So the key there is, yes, I've fished Bull Shoals and Table Rock, and beaver and all those lakes quite a bit but i actually grew up on washita lake hamilton arkansas river millwood so i get a pretty good dose of everything where i live down here including the deep clear lakes but it's been a great experience getting to live where i live and know the guys that i know and grow up around here getting to uh, fish all different types of water within an hour of my house well is that something that you kind of picked up as a, as a child in the sport of fishing or is that something that you gained and kind of migrated to later in life? I picked it up very young and I started out fishing of course like a lot of people do. Mom and dad took me to ponds and all that good stuff but I actually had an uncle that fished tournaments. I played sports when I was a kid growing up and, and but I fished for fun and he asked me one time if I wanted to go fish a bass tournament and you know I fished quite a bit and I said sure I'd love to. Well we went and fished a night tournament on a little local lake here and uh, one that tournament and when a young kid has $500 cash in his pocket <laughs> from catching bass it's a pretty bad deal and uh, I asked him I said hey there's another one next week can we do this again he said sure so we came back the next week won it again you know now I have a thousand dollars in my pocket and I'm 12 years old you know that really <laughs> is what got the fire started catching really nice fish on a tough lake and winning two tournaments back to back it just fueled that fire that I already had as a young child fishing in ponds and stuff and he told me he said if this is something you think you might want to do I would be willing to help you in every way possible and uh, you know I have a great family around me as far as my mom and dad and my uncle my grandparents they all supported me a hundred percent in everything that I did but when I started fishing it got even more serious because I knew when I was 12 years old that that's what I wanted to do and nobody could tell me that I couldn't do it it was a dream of mine like it has been for a lot of guys but I had the right avenue to get there and the right people and places and met the right people to get me where I am today and uh, if it wasn't for my family and just being in a good humble family growing up knowing that you work hard for everything that you get and you know if you work hard that you can achieve anything you set your mind to. Man that sounds like you got some great roots there and congratulations on all of those successes and you've really taken a huge step here you know you finished second place in the 2013 FLW Angler Year Race 
you know, and looking at your tournament stats, it's really apparent you're no stranger to kicking some tail. And, and obviously, you started that at a very young age based on that story you just provided us. That was really neat. You know, you're one of the youngest anglers out there. We hear so much about how much experience plays a role in an angler's success. I mean, obviously, you've got a great family background. You know, there's a lot of things you come from a, a geographic region that's known for producing some fantastic fishermen. What do you attribute your early success to at this point in your career? Well, first of all, I got married at a young age, and I think a lot of what has happened to me as a young angler is, first of all, I'm a very faithful man. I have a really good church family, and, you know, as a fisherman, you have to be the spotlight. But as a human being, it's not our place to be the spotlight because we're one in a million and we came from the dust and we're going back to the dust. So I'm a very humble person. And I also know that I don't control those bass. And I can go out there and work my tail off and try my hardest. But if I don't have faith that I can catch them every time I'm on the water and every cast that I make, then you're not going to do it. I mean, how many times do you go out there to fish and you struggle? And when the tournament gets there, you say, yeah, I had a horrible practice. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Well, you can't have that attitude as a fisherman. You have to go out there no matter what your practice is, what the weather is, what type of lake you're fishing. You have to know that you can catch them. And you have to know that you've been given the ability to put the pieces of the puzzle together and go out there and make it happen. And I just learned that at a real young age. Stay humble. Don't get too high in the highs and don't get too low in the lows and work hard and let everything else take care of itself. Well, Stetson, you know, it just amazes me because the common theme on Bass Edge Radio has always been the confidence that you speak of and controlling what you can control and humility plays a big role because as we know, fishing can be a very, very very humbling sport, but to develop that confidence and what you speak of there, you know, you're from a part of the country that really offers a smorgasbord, if you will, of various different types of water. You have the highland reservoirs, you have grass, you have lowland reservoirs, you have river systems, all the things that really come together to make a good recipe for an educational hotbed. How has that really shaped your fishing style and how you approach each tournament? Well, first of all, I started out my uncle liked the deep, clear grass lakes, Washington, the gray uh, Lake Maumelle right here in central Arkansas. But as I got a little bit older, you know, I've had fishing with other people, and I've been very fortunate to meet a lot of good guys around the tournaments here, the local tournament. And right here within an hour of where I live, there have been probably a dozen guys that have fished on the tour level at some point names you might not know, Greg Carpenter, Keith Green, then you have Scott Suggs, Jeremiah Kendi, Brennan Bosley, Ron Shuffield, George Cochran, Larry Nixon. I mean, I grew up with these guys my whole life and got to fish with them and experience their ups and downs at local lakes, and it made a huge difference. Fishing all these different types of water is huge because people ask me every year, have you looked at the schedule? How do you like it? I'll be honest, I don't really care what's on the schedule. I don't care where we're going, what time of the year we're going, because all 150 guys have to put up with the same conditions on the same body of water, and I know that I'm going to go out there, work hard. I don't even like to do a lot of pre-practice, pre-fishing, looking around, because it gets in your head, and 90% of this whole game is in your mind and what you think you can do and going out there and doing it. 
And if you know too much, it's almost as bad as knowing too little. So I like to practice hard. We get three days to practice, put it together, take what I know and run with it, and don't be stubborn. You can't be stubborn. You have to be open-minded everywhere you go. And that is a big deal coming from where I come from. I got to fish all these lakes. And, and hey, where I live, I'm an hour or less from every possible type of fishing that you can do. So it's helped me out tremendously. Been able to get in my truck in the morning and go, well, I think I'll go to the Arkansas River this morning and fish shallow and throw crankbaits and, and flip a jig and trees and rocks and riprap and muddy water. Or I can go to Washita and fish a drop shot or a big crankbait over grass and brush piles and a rattle trap. And, you know, so it, it's been a huge plus for me, confidence-wise, knowing that, hey, no matter what I'm faced with, I'm going to go out there, practice hard, find them, and do my job. Well, Stetch, I love the list of names that, you know, and, and reaching out to people that have influenced you throughout your career. And I tell you, you know, you could almost take Central Arkansas and plant them in a tournament or, or a fishing competition of some kind against folks in Alabama. You know, you hear so much about Alabama and all the great anglers that come from Alabama. You know, and I, there's a couple, you know, Mike Worm, you know, there, there's a bunch right. of names yeah. there. And that, one other one that I failed to mention, that's a good friend of mine, is Scott Suggs, and he has taught me a lot fishing around here. He, he's probably one of the best there is at fishing offshore suspended fish when it's really tough and cold weather, and we have a lot of events. Beaver Lake, we've come there a lot of times in cold weather, and I've had some top tens off stuff that I've learned not places, but baits and styles and countdowns and everything you have to know to catch those suspended bass. And I've learned it from Scott Suggs. And just each and every one of those guys has helped me, been positive to me, and still still are to this day. And without them helping me along the way, it's very hard to do this, as anybody that has tried it or, or does it knows. So it's, it's a very huge help to have that many guys locally to have your back. That's for certain. I tell you what, we're going to pigeonhole you here real quick. You know, we got the Bassmasters Classic coming up. You know, obviously the FLW Tour Championships in the middle of summer, and that's a great time of fish as well. But we're going to talk real quick about the Classic. And I, and I know you got to keep an open mind, but for our Bass Edge listeners and kind of helping them understand how Stetson is during this mid-early February time of year, what are you going to do to really start to pinpoint a way to catch some bass in an impoundment such as Bassmasters? Well, I would love, first of all, to have the chance to fish in this classic on Gunnersville. I've spent quite a bit of time on Gunnersville, as well as all the TVA lakes or the river system there. But one thing that I like to do is get my three or four baits that I'm confident in, and that's a lipless crankbait, a shallow running crankbait, a jerkbait, and a swimbait. And I'll, I'll tell you, if you can't find them in the TVA river system with one of those baits right there then something's wrong and i just try to find small areas like a creek the mouth of that creek and two miles up and down the river and that's where i'm going to spend my time if i spend a day fishing hard in that kind of an area and i don't find them then i'll take the next day of practice and try to find another area that has two or three schools of fish or get the pattern figured out where i can run six or eight different places when i'm practicing for an event such as would be the classic on Lake Gunnersville. I don't want to have 25 places where I'm going to run and fish just because 
I think you find yourself scrambling too much. I try to find a creek or a couple creeks that I can really focus in on and pinpoint those fish, whether it be grass or slick spots where there's not any grass or riprap banks or whatever the case may be. I would take those three or four baits and run with it. I actually fished an event there in early February, and I should have made the cut. I think I finished in the, like, the low 20s, 21, 22, and I weighed in 23 pounds the first day or 22 pounds and you know all those fish came in six inches of water and every fish I weighed in in that event for those two days that I fished came out of one creek and if I'd have known then what I know now I could have made a few small adjustments and, and had a lot better tournament there simply just from what I was throwing and how I was working the bait back in and the time that I spent in certain little areas in that creek so it's all a learning experience but I would love the chance to do it again and take those handful of baits and run with it. Well Stetson quickly before we head to break you know speaking of making adjustments what strategy changes would you make to fishing say a highland reservoir during late winter to me around my house in these deep clear lakes those fish suspend more they get out there in 25 foot over 60 to 80 foot sometimes or they get up there in that grass on the deep edge which is in 20 foot of water and you can catch them on the same baits the lipless crankbait up in the grass flipping a jig up in the edge of the grass medium diving crankbaits but out there deep you know it's the same thing it's a swim bait on a jig head it's a spoon deep crankbait a grub on a jig head or a big football jig you just have to learn which ones are going to be the ones that you can win the event on i try to fish to win a lot of people out there you know they fish to try to make top 30s or top 40s i try to find enough fish to win and by the end of practice if i haven't found what i think is the winning fish then I'm going to use what I've found, whether it be on a Highland Reservoir or a TVA type lake or river. I'm going to use what I've found to try to take those two or three baits that I need and run with that to try to get in the 20s or 30s or whatever I think I need to settle for. Never losing a focus of on a TVA, those fish live a lot shallower. Here where I live in these deep clear lakes, you can catch those fish out deep to 60, 80 feet. And it's happened all winter long. Even this winter, I've done it. So there's a big difference. All right, Stetson. Hey, this is fun. I'm enjoying taking you through the paces here on some late winter fishing. I appreciate you hanging with us. But we're going to take a quick timeout. Bass Edge Radio, back in a minute. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. The next time you need auto parts and accessories, trust O'Reilly Auto Parts. Our professional parts people know what it takes to get the job done right. Professional technicians have counted on O'Reilly Auto Parts for decades. It's all part of our service commitment to you and what sets us apart. Come see for yourself at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stetson Blaylock continues with us in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Lucas Oil high-performance marine products, from real oils to two-cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Visit them at lucasoil.com. It works. 
Well, Stetson, as we discussed, uh, you know, some of that late winter fishing tactics, um, I can't help but get excited about those fish moving into that pre-spawn stage. You know, you talked a lot about lipless crankbaits, you know, catching fish super shallow, maybe even like six inches of water. What kind of different structure and habitat should anglers look for when the fish are moving in this pre-spawn stage? If you ask 10 different anglers, they're probably going to give you 10 different answers to that question. I really like looking in the creeks because creeks hold fish year-round. But to me, they move up shallower, faster in the creeks and sooner. And to me, I like to find those fish that move up on those flats, whether you have grass in there or not. If there's no grass, they'll get up on rock piles, shallow stump flats. A lot of fish will transition around my house on bluff banks. They get on bluff banks right before they move in there to spawn. And you can really pinpoint them that way. But a bait that I really throw a lot that a lot of people kind of forget about, that's a very simple way to catch fish and pre-spawn is a Carolina rig and to me a Carolina rig is a good way to fish slow and on the bottom but actually cover a lot of water and I've actually won a lot of money on that in tour events fishing lakes where guys are throwing wacky rigs and shaky heads and spinner baits under laydowns and that sort of thing and I'll be dragging a Carolina rig off those points catching those big pre-spawn fish just because a lot of people forget about the Carolina rig and how effective it is in pre spawn and in the spawn. You drag a Carolina rig across a fish, you know, an early fish that may be moved up on the bed before the big wave has come, and you can catch that fish in 10, 12, 15 feet of water that you can't see, even though you know there should be fish on beds, you're not seeing them, you may think it's too early. You may catch one off a bed that's out there, you know, that's spawned a little earlier out there, a little bit deeper. So that's just one of my keys to success and pre-spawn. And uh, flats, flat points, Going into creeks, I'll search from the mouth all the way to the back, find out where the biggest concentration of those fish are hanging out at that moment in time. Then you have something to go off. Well, Stetson, you know, I know the tournament trail and tournament scene, you kind of have to go when the uh, schedule dictates. But for those who are not in the tournament scene and maybe more recreationally focused or perhaps are limited based upon a work schedule or family commitments, if they're looking at the long-range forecast, of course, I realize a, a large part of the country is iced out right now, but are there weather patterns that make sense or, or maybe more conducive for an angler having success on the water this time of year? Man, I'll tell you. I'm a bass fisherman, and that's all I've done my whole life. I don't study the weather, and maybe that's my fault for not getting in-depth as I should in that side of the sport. But, you know, I like to catch fish so many different ways that it doesn't matter to me. And I've had really good success on the most miserable cold. When your jacket is a sheet of ice and your pull cords on your jacket are froze stiff, it's not a very pleasant day on the water. <laughs> but those those fish live in the water. They're not going to hurt to get wet if it rains or if it's snowing. And some of the best days I've had on the water are some of the most miserable days to you and I. So to me, it really doesn't matter. I understand you work five days a week, you get to fish on Saturday. And Saturday, it may be sunny and, and beautiful all week, and Saturday it rains, which it's done this year a lot. It seems like it's really nice during the week, and then on the weekend you have your local tournament, and it's miserable and rainy and windy 
and just nothing that you expected it to be. But you can't let that hinder you, and you have to still go out there with an open mind and just do what you know to do. Use the tips that I've given and, and that you may have gotten from other guys. And for this time of year, this is the best time of year to fish, in my opinion. Late winter, early spring, you catch a lot of giant bass this time of year. The weather changes a lot this time of year, so you have to just adjust with it. And there again, fish the conditions. Don't go out there on a bluebird slick day and catch them on something and then go back that weekend. And if it's nasty and windy and rainy, it probably isn't going to be the same. So you have to adjust to the conditions that you're fishing and uh, hope that you can figure them out, you know, under those situations. Stetson, that's great advice. And I tell you, we're going to move into a different segment of the show right here. And this is a pretty cool part of the show. It's the O'Reilly Auto Parts, the professional parts people to listener question. And this is where folks send in their questions for you to answer. And today's question comes from Jonathan Trout of Claremore, Oklahoma. With all the different types of rod actions and tapers, it is hard to understand what type of rod to buy for a certain purpose. I was wondering what types of rods do the pros use for topwater, swimming a jig, cranking shallow to medium depth, pitching and flipping, spinnerbait, and using a jerkbait. I'd greatly appreciate some input. Stetson, what do you got for Jonathan? Well, Jonathan, first of all, I helped start a rod company a couple of years ago called 13 Fishing. And uh, we're still new to the industry. We're getting bigger and bigger every year and evolving into a huge company. But a rod is something that every angler has their own opinion. And if you look on the market, that's why there's so many different rod brands and so many different rod actions. And a medium heavy in this brand is going to be totally different than a medium heavy in the other five brands that's out there. So in my opinion, on, on all these things is each one's different. And what you have to do is you have to get in a store where you can touch them and feel them and play with them just enough to get an idea if it's what you like. I personally like a faster taper, meaning I like the rod to have a little more backbone, a less bend, a better soft tip on it, and I like to be able to use one rod for a couple different things. Your rod is very important for the actions of baits that you're throwing, getting the action out of your bait, whether it be a jerk bait. I like a shorter rod, which is a 6.7 or a 6.10 with a medium action, but I still want that rod to have backbone with a good soft tip. When I'm jig fishing, I like to throw a, uh, or pitching a, a jig or pitching a soft plastic around the bank. I like to throw something that's a good, solid, stiff rod, but it still has to have the cast ability and the soft enough tip where you can still pitch that bait. Cranking, you want a little more moderate action. But in saying that, it's all in what you like. Just get out there, experiment with two or three good kinds. It takes a while to find your favorite rod sometimes for different techniques, but that's what it's all about is learning as you go. And in my opinion, I've fished a lot of rods, but I think you should really check out 13fishing.com and check out their line of rods that I've helped design because in my opinion, each rod, if you're wanting a medium heavy rod, in my opinion, ours sets up to where you can use that medium heavy for anything that you could use a medium for or heavy for and get by with it because the way we've built our actions that way you don't have to buy quite so many rods you can just get one that's suitable for two or three different applications well that's great information there stetson because not only uh, is that good advice that helps out on the pocketbook and you know having to store all those so good stuff jonathan hey thanks for sending in your question please be sure to contact us via email and let us know you heard it here on the show to redeem your 100 dollars o'reilly auto parts gift card and thank you bass edge nation for continuing 
continuing to submit those questions and providing show feedback via our email support at BassEdge.com. Please include your name and hometown and keep them coming. We enjoy hearing from y'all. Stetson, it has been a pleasure getting to know you, and I'm sure you have gained several new fans amongst the Bass Edge listeners. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Well, it's been an honor to be on you guys' show and to try to help push my name and my brand out there a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I just have to say a special thanks to you guys for inviting me on the show, but also to all the fans out there that uh, listen to the show and to my sponsors. I have a huge list of sponsors, that, and, and I've got some new sponsors for this year. So everybody keep in touch. Keep watching me this season. I'll be announcing new sponsors here soon, and looking forward to a great season. It sounds exciting, Stetson, and good luck this year. I'll definitely be seeing you on the trail. Stay tuned. Bass Edge Radio will be right back. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. Man, that was a great interview with Stetson. It's super cool to get to know some of these other anglers. You know, there's so many pro anglers out there, literally hundreds, you know, with the FLW Tour, the BASS Elite Series. So getting to know a new angler for me personally and for Bass Edge has got to be a feel-good deal. It absolutely is, and I think if nothing else, you know, you can always learn something. And just how they approach a couple takeaways from his interview that I thought was fantastic was obviously, again, common theme, confidence. I think the faith and the humility aspect of him has a large impact on why he is so successful. But then shifting gears kind of back to that listener question and talking about rods, getting one in your hands, whether finding a friend that has a particular brand and being able to get in the boat and use that under exact conditions or finding, you know, a pro staff member said, hey, let me take your rod out for a day and try it. I'm thinking about purchasing some new rods. want to be sure, you know, in the sport of tennis, my daughter, I, I mean, they have a racket policy to where you can call some of these companies. They'll send you a racket to try and test before you buy. I mean, it's kind of a neat deal. Maybe the rod companies have to start adopting that type of technology. Yeah, that is really neat. You know, one thing that I, I would agree with Stetson and what he said, lots of things I agree with, but one specifically is to have, you know, a set of rods that you use. You know, there's so many different actions, but yet when you change rod manufacturers, then those actions are different between the rod manufacturers. So, you know, important for me to kind of figure out what action you like and then kind of stick with a particular branding and then roll with that branding throughout your selection. It doesn't mean you need 25 rods or 30 rods, maybe two, four Maybe five or six rods max will cover almost all techniques, but the key deal is staying with a specific brand so those actions vary at the right levels rather than, you know, one medium heavy action being a specific way for brand X versus brand Y. So I thought that was great information from Stetson and super critical for uh, Bass Edge listeners to get the most they can out of their rod selection. Absolutely. There you have it. Stick with the brand. That way we don't get into interpretation of what an 
transaction means to a different company. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. Thanks for being with us today for episode number 177 of Fast Edge Radio presented by MegaWare Keelguard. I am Aaron Martin, and for Kurt Dove, we will see you on the water. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. The Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil Products, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com. <laughs>